0: Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between.
1: Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover, and we have some really special guests with us that we cannot wait for you to hear from.
0: That's right. Uh, Today, if you are in the world of business and leadership you may recognize the name of our special guest guest today if you don't recognize his name you will know of him if not you have no idea how much his ideas have influenced and shaped major brands you're certainly familiar with these brands after serving as the cmo of division of sarah lee then president of a, a 300 million dollar food company Ira Blumenthal founded and presided over Co Opportunities. It's an Atlanta-based business consulting company that advised companies such as Nestle, Tyson, Kroger, Harrah's, American Airlines, Disney, United, Artists, Exxon, Walmart. I think we could go on. Have you heard any of those, Bonnie?
1: No, one or two. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Ira is the single longest continually retained consultant in the 134 year history of coca-cola he's been the lead consultant for 26 years he's published over 200 magazine articles authored three books and hosted a radio show he could do a better job of this than i could (laughs) the list of ira's achievements is incredibly long and his influence is far-reaching but with all that success there's something that's more important than that to him and that's what draws us to ira it's his love for his wife and family and so today we're excited to be joined by ira and his sweet wife kim who ira energetically shares is the reason for any success he's enjoyed in fact he also refers to her as the wind beneath his wings thank you guys for being on the podcast today
2: thanks for having us this morning
3: i'm thrilled to be here and uh, and you I love your work, so uh, I could not do what you do. Oh, man, thank you so much. nor, nor do I want to
0: <laughs>
3: Well, today
0: you're gonna you're gonna get to help us because I think you guys have so much yes. wisdom when it comes to marriage, especially with life and business and your kids. You can't fake good kids and you guys have great kids. Yes, you do. Thank so you. I, you've accomplished so much in the area of leadership. And you, you've had the opportunity to motivate and influence teams, universities, companies, athletes, even, even leaders of our country. So it's apparent that cultivating relationships is a strength of yours, relationships. Would, would you say that that's also important or true at home?
3: Not also. It, it is the most important thing, right? it's the, and, you know, and, and, and whether one is successful in business or in art or science I believe in the end, the key to success is about communication. It's about great communication. And, uh, you know, I, I, I look at my career, and you've been very, very kind with that bio that I think my mother wrote or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, my goodness, what a cool guy he is. But, um, or rest in peace, sound like a eulogy. Um, y- you know, it, it's real interesting. I don't know that I've ever been a subject matter expert in any of the businesses I've ever worked with other than understanding people having good listening skills having good communication skills i believe that every war that was ever fought every divorce that ever happened every every rift between a family all happened because of communication so to me whether it's communicating as a branding you know a branding consultant or as a football and lacrosse coach which i was when i started my career or or a parent or more most importantly, for this discussion, uh, a husband. I think it's all about communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, that's what, do you, so what good. do you think, hun?
2: Definitely communication, and 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 also not just communicating, but also being a good listener. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a lot where our balance is, because I was a lot more vocal than I am, and and is a great communicator, and so I can maybe be maybe be the listener and the sounding board mm-hmm. to that.
3: You know, what's interesting though, in the name of the marriage you know the adventure Mm -hmm. if you will if you noticed what i just did i turned to my wife and i said what do you think (laughs) (laughs) and you know tomorrow we will have been married 39 years and and we've been passing it back and forth well thank you thank you i yeah, I, I think the real congratulations is to me for keeping Kim for 39 years and you know, <laughs> that was like... Or for me you know, for putting up with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because um, you know Kim comes from rural Missouri and I come from a little rural town called New York City. <laughs> and um, what's really interesting, uh, her parents used to tell me how if a stray cat or a dog with a broken leg or a bird that was injured came about... Her house. She would always take that in, and I. I feel like I'm just another dog or <laughs> bird or cat that she just happened to decide to take care of for 39 wow. years. But it, it is about communication. Yeah. It is about. That's what I believe. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we understand that that this has been. I mean, you've been in business. You've been married a long time. You've been in business a long time. And but we understand, our that you haven't been on this journey alone. Um, you've been incredibly successful. But I've heard you say before that leadership is lonely. How has your marriage upheld you in, a, in such a lonely field?
3: Well, you know, you can make a statement like leadership is lonely and maybe misinterpret it. Mm-hmm. All right, I think the loneliness of leadership is sometimes you have to stand up for what's right mm-hmm. and do the right thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Many, many years ago, Kim and I had a relationship with a, an amazing human being named Danny Thomas. Mm-hmm. Some of you or yeah. listeners may have heard of Danny Thomas, you know. Not just a comedian and a television show star, he was also the, one of the pioneers of St. Jude. And he always talked about that great orchestra leaders who lead the band always have their back to the audience, And that was really profound because the loneliness of leadership is doing the right thing when maybe other people may not want to do the right thing. And and let let me give you a quick example. And Kim, you can jump in as well in in, in our discussion about this. All three of our sons were captains of their high school basketball teams and captains of their college basketball teams. Obviously, they they take their leadership skills from their mom. (laughs) And not naming which son But one of our sons called us up, collegiate captain of a men's basketball team, and said, Dad, I've got a problem. What's the problem? There's one of my teammates taking drugs. Mm. I know about it. The team knows about it. The coaches don't. And I'm worried about him. Well, that put that young 21-year-old or 20-year-old in a very lonely position as a leader. Now, he could turn around and confront the teammate, which probably wouldn't have accomplished anything or he could have gone to a higher authority. And he made the decision at the risk of having other teammates say, oh, you copped out on so-and-so, okay, or you, you, know, uh, you, 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 know, you went behind her back. He felt that this young man could kill himself,
0: mm-hmm. could damage
3: not only himself, but the team, so he went to the coach. And that put him in a very lonely position. So leadership is lonely because you do the right thing. You know? mm-hmm. and, and History is full of people that have led, Nations and companies and communities that that had to stand up to the challenge. What do you think, Kim?
2: Definitely. I mean, I think it was more of gathering in his mind, knowing what the right thing to do was, and then gathering, you know, his other teammates as well, mm. and doing it collectively. But but then again, you feel like, am I going to isolate myself? So, mm.
3: well, but as a parent too. How many times have we heard our kids say, everyone's staying out until 11 o'clock? Well, you're not. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, that, that put a parent in a lonely position where your child went upstairs and slammed the door and closed the door in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think that in the end, you, you you still have to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know? But leadership mm-hmm. is, is interesting, though. Leadership is uh, is an interesting place to be. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the things that I love about um, just looking at you two in your marriage, and something Daniel and I have always said is that you know, it, it might be lonely from a, the people that are, are want to surround you at the time, but we have each other, and we walk this lonely road together, and it makes it less lonely because, I mean, we always say, I say, I'm so glad I've got somebody to be weird with because <laughs> nobody else is as weird as I am except for him. We are the same brand of weird. you know. We're yeah. ours, we, well, right. But you know in leadership, when the rest of the world can be against you, as long as we're on the same page, as long as we're together, we're rolling through this adventure together as long as we stay on the same page. That's right. Well, it's funny you say right. that
3: because you know Kim and I have done, we've taken a lot of adventures in our lives, and we often turn around and ask, ask ourselves, who else...
2: It's like, who else would do this with us? <laughs> I don't Probably know who nobody. else would, would marry me to go, else. you know, mm-hmm. let's go
3: walk the Appalachian Trail, you know, or, or go biking. And I, I think it's, it, it, it really is kind of a, uh, an interesting scenario, um, you, know, a, you know, as you say. But here's something I'd like to throw at you to think about, all right? You make a decision that's the right decision. You feel like you're a lonely leader. Yeah. You actually have someone else with you. By walking into the bathroom or walking into your bedroom, there's a mirror. Then you look yourself in the mirror, and now there's two of you. Okay. That's, that's and right. you're build, And you're building an army. But see, we, we've actually raised our children with a poem that um, we think is incredibly important. I'm not going to recite it. Called The Man in the Glass. Mm. And in the end, even our little grandchildren. I'm, I have a, We have a grandson who's up in Virginia who's a little athlete at eight years old Mm -hmm. and he wanted some advice before one of the big games he was having and i said to eli i said eli i don't care whether you do great or you don't do great i don't care if you win or lose after the game go in your mommy's car and look yourself in the mirror and if you can say i did my best you're a winner Mm -hmm. and and i think that's the that's the key you know as lonely as it may seem that's the key did i do the right thing
0: yeah and that's good well kim you've played such a major part in 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 ira's success so we're going to take a, a little break but on the other side of the break we want to dive in with kim and see the role that she played in all of this
2: hi i'm colby i love sports and i'm very competitive but you're a grown-up you can't really play sports anymore so how do you compete i recommend you go to the marriage adventure dot com and sign up for the marriage adventure challenge. You can challenge another couple, make a bet with them, and see who wins. Then you can beat them, then brag about it, and maybe they'll buy you some ice cream.
1: Well, today we're talking with leadership guru Ira Blumenthal and his wife, Kim. Kim, it's obvious that you have been incredibly supportive of Ira through the years. What role do you feel that you've played in Ira's career?
2: I think it's really multifaceted depending upon you know the time in the career, what he was doing at the time, and probably even the ages of our children. Um, many times it was a, a obviously a sounding board and mm-hmm. and understanding you know where he was going with this and what were the next steps and and how could that be managed, etc uh, been have been an an editor for many books and mm. read those over and over again, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But also, I think in any career, it's um, a partnership. Even though I think Ira was the face and the face of mm-hmm. leadership, um, I was always there, you know, to give input. And most of the time he asked for it. I didn't always just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he didn't, and I gave it anyway. Well, which it's is, obvious we, he we, values it. He which, values which it. Which is good, I think, the way it should be.
0: Yeah, in a marriage, you have that that opportunity to give input even when it's not asked that's for. That's right. <laughs> <And> that's the <laughs> one relationship you can. Well, and, uh, yeah, I, oh, go on, I'm sorry.
2: No, and I think, too, Ira, you know, is very creative and has that creative mind, and it's always going 100 miles an hour. And I would always say that, you know, maybe I was more the voice of reason mm-hmm. and pulling Ira back down to the planet Earth sometimes mm-hmm. of saying, you know, it's a great idea, but maybe not now, Mm -hmm. you know, not now, or this isn't the right time for that, or are you kidding me? (laughs) You know, um,
1: we can't rent the space shuttle. That's right.
2: (laughs) But, um, but always there, you know, for backup. And again, you know, raising the three boys as we did and, and having two daughters, you know, in another state that we spent a lot of time with or tried to spend time with. And, and cultivate keep all those relationships going or spinning plates so to speak and so mm-hmm. it wasn't just spinning plates on the home front it was on the career front as well mm-hmm. and it's trying to keep all those if you can imagine you know the the entertainer that spins some plates and yeah. tries to keep them all going without one falling off and obviously sometimes maybe something would fall off but um and I was in the background a lot and I think that's more my personality mm-hmm. but even when the consulting with co-opportunities and Coca-Cola I did a lot of the behind-the-scenes things to prepare him to go on the road to do what he did mm. with those different companies. So um, and so now, you know, even as we see people or see people in Coca-Cola, these are all people that I've talked to on the phone or have had relationships with yeah. virtually, you know, mm-hmm. for many years. And and so I think I've done my part to keep keep the home fires burning as far yeah, as that goes. I,
3: I, I think you've done more than your part, you mm-hmm. know. And, and Dan, you you opened up with. Um, The quotation, "The wind beneath my wings," which I didn't write, it was a great song. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you listen to the words in there, you know it. It it talks about I was the one with all the glory, you know, but you were the one that Mm -hmm. wore the wind beneath my wings. It's really interesting. You go see a great movie, and you know it was written by someone, and you know it was produced by something, but for the next seventeen minutes, they roll all the folks in the background, and there's never been a great quarterback after a Super Bowl victory that didn't thank his offensive line. That's there's right. never been a coach that didn't turn around and say, they did it, I give the kids credit. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, you know, it, it, it's nice that maybe some of the history books might have my name attached to some things that I, I was actively involved in creating. But the reality is, any success that I've enjoyed has been our success. It's not been my success, yeah. period. You know, and the line, there's a line from... I received an award. Uh, I received an award from uh, the food industry, the highest honor in the industry, the the key person award. And I got on stage. And do you remember what I... I, I and I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> in fact, we were at a banquet in Arizona. And and this is the award that you... This is the Heisman Trophy of the industry. And, and it, I guess they just ran out of people to give it to and they decided to pull my name out of the hat. But <laughs> And Kim and I had our kids with us and we had a babysitter in Arizona. Why don't you explain that, that story? Because I, I was... I was in shock, wasn't prepared to receive this award, and I'll tell you We about were what out I in the hallway,
2: you know, on the hotel phone calling, just making sure everybody was in bed and doing what they're supposed <sighs> to do, and all of a sudden, somebody's running down the hall going, Ira, Ira, you need to get in here quick, and he's going, just a minute, I'm talking to my kids, I'm telling them goodnight, like, no, you don't, you need to get in here now, <laughs> and so come to find out, he'd won this big award, and everybody's waiting for him to come back into the room, there's, you know.
3: Over 2,000 people in a banquet, you know, a formal banquet. And, and I, you know, I was talking to the babysitter in Arizona, and I got on stage, and I didn't know how, you, how to even respond <laughs> other than that song that was embedded in my brain. And I, I quoted some lines, and I asked Kim to come on stage to accept the award with me mm-hmm. because uh, the, the closing line of that song, I would be nothing. Without you, mm. Mm. and uh, um I guess it's not appropriate on a podcast to be emotional, but it's just too bad. Sure, That's who is. I am. And um, <laughs> well, Hey, and this is our podcast. We don't care what's <laughs> you be emotional. You won't. Know, and, and, and I say this in all sincerity. I would be nothing without this woman sitting Amen. next to me, and, yeah. and I and I and I know it. And I also know that I make promises, and she keeps them, which is just <laughs> wonderful. It's just it's a great pattern. It's a great. <laughs> I'll never,
0: I'll never forget. Um, it's that admiration that a man has for his bride. You know, this past weekend, I did a wedding, and the and the bride comes down the aisle, radiating, looking beautiful, and her husband. I mean, next to me is just weeping. Not just a tear; he's weeping mm. at his bride coming down the aisle. Mm. And I'll never forget when I was a kid, uh, we were at church, and we were at something, and um, and the pastor or the speaker quoted the scripture that said that, a a, a wife, a, a godly wife is more valuable than, than all the riches, you know, and treasures. And I wish I could, could remember <laughs> that, that in my, I remember as a little boy hearing my dad go here, here, mm. amen. amen. Mm. <laughs> and as a little boy, you think, why would I remember that? Cause I had to have been eight or nine, but as a little boy to see my dad, cherish my mom. And she wasn't there. He just agreed with scripture that, yeah, she's the crown in my, she's the jewel in my crown. Mm -hmm. And to hear you say that about Kim, that's, that's, I love that. And that's the way husbands, if you're listening today, that's the way we need to be to see our wives as, as the treasure and as the, the crown jewel. And, um, and I love that. I love that.
3: You know, but you made an interesting point about you remembering that and your parents. Mm -hmm. Kim and I believe what they see is what they'll be. Mm. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. I I coached, you know, I started my career as a college coach, football and lacrosse, and then, of course, uh, went into business and ended up coaching more baseball and more basketball than I ever dreamed of. We kind of estimated over 60 baseball teams. Wow. Fall, spring, all three boys. And, it's not surprising to Kim and I that now we go and see our oldest son coaching baseball. Yeah. That's all he knew. Yes, That's right. And and I think that if if more parents show the love, mm-hmm. the kids will come up being mm-hmm. loving kids. Mm-hmm.
1: And that that raises an interesting point. You have raised five children who have watched and have seen what you've done, and. Um, but we've also seen for a lot of couples that it's, it's a struggle to balance the home and career. And sometimes the, the home gets shorted. How do you think you managed to balance too? because it's obvious that they saw you involved, but you were still all over the world.
0: And, and, and to throw on that, I heard the quote, don't judge your parenting until your kids are over 30. <laughs> That's
2: right,
1: <laughs> well, right. Your
0: kids are there and they're amazing kids. Kudos to you. Yeah. How did you balance all of that?
2: Thanks. Um, I've had a lot of people over the years. I worked at Harrison High School for a little while in the College and Career Center, and all three boys came up through there. And I had so many teachers that would come up to me and go, I don't know what you do, but I hope my boys turn out like yours, Mm. you know, which was such a compliment. And until I would step back and think about it, um, it was never anything I think that I read in a book. Or, or how to do it was just in innately to ira and i family was most important mm-hmm. and to the point and i think you have to not be selfish and you have to give unto your your children you brought them into this world for a purpose you know to me that was the most important job is to bring them up to be good people and um and and so i just think that um you know we just unselfishly gave and and but yet always made time for each other it be, it was a juggling act just like i think any couple has you know that they juggle but i think you have to set your priorities and where maybe some people would go and and play golf every weekend or, you know, have other activities to us, that time was for family. Mm -hmm. And I can remember the kids, you know, now, and as they have gotten older, they'll go, Oh gosh, now I know why you made us do that (laughs) or why we did this together as a family. And maybe at the time it wasn't the most pleasant thing for them, Mm -hmm. but you know, I always let people know that it was, it's work. I mean, it's not, it just doesn't come easy and you have to be, not their best friend all the time that's and right. you need to be a parent and that's what they need. And they need that direction and they need that example, um, you know, of how you, we portray each other and how we treat each other.
0: Yeah. It sounds like intentionality was a big part of your parenting.
3: It, it is. And that's a great word. Great word. Intentionality. I, I think it's, and, and that's why I go back to what Bonnie said earlier. I don't know that it really is balance. Balance mm-hmm. means I'm being pulled in either direction. Mm-hmm. Which way do I choose? There was never any choice. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, um, we moved to Atlanta from the Midwest because of Coca-Cola. And I had this idea that I was going to play golf. I was going <laughs> to learn how to play golf. So we bought a house on a golf course. And we joined the country club. I'm here to tell you that after 26 years, if I've played golf eight times... Mm-hmm. Now that tells you how smart I am with all the money I threw into the country. Now my kids have played. But traveling a good bit during the week, it made no sense to me, intentionality, made no sense for me to say to my kids, on Friday night, I'm going to run out and you know, have a cold one with the boys, mm-hmm. or tomorrow morning, I'm going to spend four or five hours with my friends playing golf. Yeah. So we spent our life on the Little League baseball fields.
2: Well, we also didn't buy yeah. our house in Atlanta until we knew how far it was from the baseball park from Oregon Park,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> and
2: closest to the em- elementary school. And I said, we can't move into this neighborhood unless we know there's children everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And so
2: our real estate agent even went down and knocked on doors and said, there's a seven-year-old that lives here and a nine-year-old that lives wow. here. and <laughs>
3: But, you know wow. but go back to what daniel said though intentionality also relates to commitment and work you know i, I like to think that we're, we're solid parents but it's been hard work
0: mm.
3: go back to the loneliness it's it's decisions that perhaps maybe didn't go with go with the flow mm-hmm. it, it's not a, you know it, our parents were so wise weren't they we didn't realize that right. until i once read something that said when i was 12 years old my dad was an idiot and then when I was 16 years old, he had a couple of good ideas. And when I was 22 years old, my dad was pretty smart. Now that I'm 30, my dad was a genius. That's right. Yes. You, know, you know, but, you know, from a reality standpoint, like Kim said, I think our kids have seen, you know, our focus, our intentionality in the life that we lived. lived as, a, You know, we talked about, you know, travel. When we said that about that award we talked about earlier, we were in Arizona with our kids. We were probably the only couple in the history of the industry that traveled every place with our children to the point where we would go to a convention in California and people would come over and say, "Where are the boys?" How about you know. That? But it just so it is intentional. But by the same token, it's hard work.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, most people don't see the hard work; they see the finished product. You know, one of my sons was leading the NCAA at one time in college basketball on the foul line, and one of the parents said to us, "Boy." That son, Ryan, he's got a gift from God, all right? He was shooting 90-plus percent. And Kim said, sarcastically, yes, he has a gift from God. He also gets up 6 o'clock every morning and shoots for an hour and a half in the gym before school, and then he shoots at <laughs> lunchtime, and then he goes to practice, and if he finishes homework, he goes to the gym at night. So he might put in six hours a day on the foul line. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. It, you know, we see Michael Jordan flying over the courts. Michael Jordan was the hardest worker if you read about him. So it, yes. it was work. And, and I remember a story that, that um, uh, one of my favorite stories. I had three days of speeches in Chicago, three days back to back to back to back. But I was coaching Little League baseball and we're in the playoffs and my team was
2: they kept winning.
3: Kept winning. <laughs> so I would take an early bird to Chicago, make a speech at twelve noon, take a plane back, coach at seven o'clock at night. Take an, did this three wow. days in a row. Now the neighbors thought I was nuts. Sure. Okay, and I did.
2: The boys never even knew you were gone. They
3: didn't even know I wasn't even sleeping at home.
2: Because you know, <laughs> and, and I'm not.
3: And I'm not saying that because what a good guy am I? But that was work. It would have been. A, it would have been a lot easier. And that to was the priority of what we had to do. That's mm. right. Yeah. I mean, as grandparents now, you know, um, I'm sure my kids will probably hear this podcast and maybe disagree with some of it, but <laughs> no is not in our vocabulary when it comes to our kids. Mm. It doesn't matter how tired we are. If we get a phone call saying, I need some, can you come over and help me put up shelves in my garage? <laughs> here I go. So, and, and here Kim goes. So I think that, that's the key, intentionality and hard work. So it doesn't have to be balance i mean we've mm-hmm. never balance has never been an issue for us right fair mm-hmm. statement
2: yeah on that balance you know you see like anything sometimes it's 90 10 and sometimes it's 50 50 and then it shifts again you know it just depends on the needs of the time
0: <laughs> yeah I, I had heard uh, heard it said uh, that sometimes you have to be intentionally imbalanced we
2: actually did a podcast on that yeah
0: that's right, we did you can go back <laughs> and go. listen to that episode yeah, you isn't, it you about, do. isn't it about
3: plan though isn't it about guiding principles? If you take the world of business in business, you have guiding principles. This is what we will do. this is what we won't do. It's the same thing in balancing if you will your family we don't do this I'm sorry right. we, you know we, we had a one episode and I won't <laughs> I won't mention the the child because I think that would be incriminating <laughs> but we and other parents okay, entrusted. Well, one of our friends went out of town, and we all agreed that four boys were responsible enough as high school students to stay in that house overnight mm-hmm. without any parental supervision. Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> and one of the kids did something that shouldn't have happened. Long story short, yeah, we came back with another set of parents, found out about it, and we grounded our son for three months. Two of us grounded two kids for three months the other two parents, ah, boys will be boys. Mm. And I can't tell you how our son just said. Of course, I... my
2: reply to that is, well, not my boys. That's yeah. right. So and yeah. anyway, and, and but... our son
3: was very upset that we grounded him. But the other kids weren't. I think mm-hmm. you have to also have your guiding you principles. Have to have
2: to, you have to set those rules.
3: That's well, right. And that's
1: when you you said you don't say no. That's when you have said no. Oh, yes. It's the yeah. discipline side of things sure. that you do say no, and, yeah. um, but it pays off. And you well, don't yeah.
0: say no to the, to go back to that, to that intentionality. I'm not going to stray from that. Right, you, you know, have we have our convictions. Our... We have what we will do and won't do, and we won't say no to that.
2: And I think kids thrive on those rules. I mean, mm-hmm. they need yeah. that direction. They need that structure. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always, I've found that that the the structure I think is what they what they really need. And when they get to be thirty something, then they realize mm-hmm. it. <laughs> those are
0: great words for us. You know, our kids are nine and eleven, and and we have a, a little leaguer, you know, in our nine year old. And so that's great wisdom for any any of us that have young kids. Mm-hmm. I want to take a pivot. uh, We've gotten to know you guys through church. Uh, I and Kim go to our church. And long before we knew you, we knew your name. Mm -hmm. And we knew your name because, Mike, our pastor, had us praying for you, Mm -hmm. for your salvation. Yes. And um, you're Jewish, and you didn't know Jesus as your Savior. And that was the prayer we prayed for years for you before we had ever personally met you. And, um, so can you tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey and about how you came to meet Jesus as your Savior? Because I'll
1: never forget the phone call that said he, I'm meeting with him tomorrow and I think he's close. I remember. That's right.
0: There's an emergency prayer request.
3: Well, Mike is an optimist because he probably said, I think he's close for 20 years.
0: (laughs) You're probably right.
3: (laughs) But, you know, and I think we were closer, but it was, it was inching, inching away. You know, I, I. I don't know whether or not I'd call it a journey or an adventure,
0: mm-hmm. you
3: know, you know, maybe, maybe a combination. It, it, it's a real simple reason this happened to me. It's not complicated. I turned around and looked at the wife of wives, the kids of kids, you know. Everything in my life was just, I, you know, more than I deserved, mm-hmm. more than I deserved. And I, I said, wait a minute, great marriage, great kids who are great citizens, uh, you know, a, a good career, a good reputation, friends and family. And I didn't know who to thank. I didn't know who to thank. Wow. Mm. And and because, you know, I, I'm smart enough to know that you don't do it alone. No one does it alone. Mm. No one does it alone. And I realized that thanking was about spirituality and I didn't have any of that. Mm. You know, I was I was raised by just marvelous, marvelous, wonderful, loving parents and and, and a loving p- family, probably more culturally Jewish than spiritually Jewish. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we might not have gone to Friday night services, but we always went to High Holy Days. You know, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Got tickets, you know, the whole bit. And I, I realized I, I've got to figure this out. And, I, I, and that was a gap in my life. It was a gap. I mean, you turn around and you say, I have everything that, I, and I'm not talking about material. I mean, mm. I believe in joys, not toys. Joys yeah. are what this mm-hmm. world is about. And I, I had everything that I ever wanted, needed more than that, except for one thing, and that was that one gap. Mm-hmm. So I went on a journey or an adventure yeah. and um, met with uh, my mentor, uh, Mike Lynch, Pastor Mike Lynch, and and uh, it was it was I'm not kidding it was a series of almost twenty years. Mm-hmm. We'd have lunch, and uh, and I'd get closer, and then I decided it was time for exploration. So. Mm-hmm. I picked up the New Testament and started reading that. And I went back and looked at the Old Testament. And I, I picked up the Book of Mormon and I, I sat with a guru. And Kim, why don't you share about one evening that we had a, not a very pleasant evening, but in, because Kim came along with me less as a guide, as more of a, you know, a, a companion. Moral but support. Moral support, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Um, you know, I grew up in, being in Methodist and my uncle is a Methodist minister. He actually... Performed our marriage ceremony, but um, we, you know, in in Ira taking this journey, he would always look at me and go, "What, what, what do I need to do?" And I would be, "This is your, this is your journey. Mm. I can't make this decision for you. Mm. You know, this is something that you have to, you know, explore and find within yourself, and um, and." But to help him in that exploration, one evening we did go to a Jews for Jesus meeting. And that was the most surreal experience I've ever had. And that was not the answer.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was very different. But not, you know, not, not the answer that we needed or that Ira needed. And so this was really something that I felt like I couldn't make that decision for him. Eric was baptized at 13 and um and ryan was walking down that path and and jeffrey our middle son always kind of held back a little bit and i always kind of called him um a closet christian so to speak because mm. he would want to you could tell he was torn but he didn't want to leave ira behind mm. it was like that Why, like, you know if if everybody's this way and dad's over here by himself and yeah. and so i could i could feel the turmoil that he was going through as well and here he was you know at this at this time you know well into his 20s you know but still struggling with that so i really you know i told ira this has to be you know you're we laid everything out for you and try to give you the tools and what do you think but i think it finally came to be when he realized that he was overthinking it and it really had to come from his heart
3: mm-hmm. yeah and it and again trying to study it and and reading lots of books, The Case for Christianity, you know, the excerpts from the Koran, sitting with a guru and others, it was overthinking it and and didn't come to the conclusion for a long time that belief is as much about the heart as it is the head. And I was heavy on the head, I wasn't heavy on Mm -hmm. the heart. And um, through the magic of coaching baseball, you know, and, you know, Pastor Lynch and I had a great friendship it all started on the baseball field coaching against each other and i i also joke about the fact that we played against each other 13 times and my teams beat him Mm -hmm. 13 times and i would say to mike lynch pastor mike lynch you work for god you can't get a runner from third to home i don't get this you know but one day mike put forth a very profound statement to me which is on my desk as one of the book projects I'm working on the name of the the book. He said, God's got you in a rundown between third and home. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about baseball, excuse me, a rundown, you know, the kid goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And the key to success in a rundown is to be safe. Mm -hmm. But if you have an opportunity to be safe at third or safe at home, which to my mind is heaven, you take home. Mm -hmm. And the reason kids get tagged out in a rundown is their legs get tired. Mm. They just just stop. And um, what about the evening? One evening I called Mike Lynch and what, it, what was our discussion?
2: And you told Mike that you, my you legs know, are tired. my legs are tired. He goes, and I'm, re- I'm ready to go home.
3: Mm. And the next day?
2: And Jeffrey was coming in town from Washington, D.C. Actually, Jeffrey lived in D.C. at the time, and it was Mother's Day weekend. So he was coming home. And so Mike came over when everybody was home, you know, that, that evening and with his baseball. And he signed it, you know, Mike Lynch, and
3: mm.
1: it
0: was
2: Ira's home run ball.
0: Wow. How about that?
2: Wow.
1: I love, Kim, how you you understood I can pray for my husband, but I can't push him to follow Jesus. That's something that's an individual decision. And I think it's important for us, for everybody to understand that, that nobody's going to get to heaven based on what their their wife or husband says or, or did with Jesus or what their parents or grandparents are. This is a, an individual relationship and we, we can want it so bad for somebody, but it is that individual thing. And so you were not only in leadership behind the scenes, just helping support him and and push him along and and give him the, the the be the wind beneath his wings but you were that spiritual prayer warrior behind him that was giving him all the tools but understanding it's for for him to make that decision and not for you to make that decision for him yeah
3: no spot on bonnie you know it, it's interesting we, we talked about this last night uh you know um <laughs> you, you could count on one hand disagreements we've had in 39 years i mean Mm. they've never been consequential maybe two hands (laughs) but you know it's it's, you know it it it's probably more about the vicious debate about whether we have mexican or chinese i mean you know but you know kim you know kim was there to support me but not direct me Mm -hmm. and i think she also i'm not speaking for you you can certainly you know i'll kick in. you yes. yeah. no. <laughs> i do get kicked. That, that's an interesting aside here daniel and bonnie we go to business meetings kim and i have not only been marriage partners for 39 years we've been business partners and we'll sit at a, a conference room and we'll have a conversation and all of a sudden i'll get kicked mm-hmm. under the table and i look at kim and i thought maybe it was an accident and then i get kicked again <laughs> and then we get out in the car and i turn to you and say well, what what was wrong with you why'd you kick me
2: i said sometimes you just need to know when to just not talk just quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so once
3: you share with bonnie and daniel what happened from that point on oh, from, over the years when oh, we yeah. have business meetings from
2: now we go into a conference room and ira goes so where are you going to sit and i go where are you going to sit so i want to make sure that i'm at, you know <laughs> <laughs> at least legs <laughs> distance uh, he'll, from he'll you. try to sit as far away from me as he can yeah now. so
3: just to, you know to close the loop and my my thought though too is that whenever you force someone to do something you run the risk of resentment. Sure. You know, I did this because of you, and this this was a bit, you know. And I'll tell you tell you what was, what's interesting, and hopefully this might help some of your your listeners. I felt guilty. I felt guilty in making my spiritual decision because I'm not a martyr. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not a philanthropist, but I felt like this decision was about me, and I've spent most of my life focusing on my family, mm-hmm. and now it was like my decision this is for me and Mm -hmm. and that made it made it a real challenge you Mm -hmm. know and and kim was there you know and i I know what i know in her heart what she wanted to see happen but she couldn't make it happen i could have turned around also and said i'm going to keep things the way they are
0: Sure. Mm. what a great testimony of a believing wife praying and loving and trusting god Mm -hmm. with the heart and the soul of her unbelieving Mm -hmm. husband and um, and Bonnie, you were greatly affected by a story very similar to that. And yeah. uh, maybe one day we'll get to share on the podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's obvious that Ira is, has been a leader in, in business world and in your relationship, but he had not been able to say he was that spiritual leader for your home. What difference has that made since he has been able to take that rightful
2: spiritual leadership in your home? I think as a family it's more, I won't say is that at peace or maybe it's a, a calming mm-hmm. maybe because, I mean, a meal doesn't go by that we don't say blessing, you know, and it doesn't matter if we're in the home or we're out, you know, somewhere else. And I think there's a more openness mm-hmm. now between the boys, you know, and them talking about it, et cetera. And then of course we were blessed, you know, a couple of weeks ago that Jeffrey got baptized
0: yeah, That's right,
2: and, um, so I think it's become more of a, I mean, it's just been great to see the family of that being open. It's yeah. not like being, well, we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to make dad feel bad or we don't yeah. want to do this because, you know, and it's, and now it's just like it's there and yeah. it's everywhere and it's mm-hmm. just feel, you know, it's such a good feeling.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's become part of the fabric of our life and, and, you know. And we also have a responsibility. We have responsibility not just to our children; we have grandchildren, grandchildren. Now. And yeah, it may seem silly to be sitting at Chick Fil A and, and say a prayer at the table in the restaurant with your grandkids, but it it's not it's not unusual anymore. It's just who we are, That's right. you know. And Especially
0: because Chick Fil A is already blessed. That's
3: right. <laughs> well, are, but we've done that at Burger King too. You know, yeah. I mean, yes. you know but I, I think it just becomes you know part of, of who you are and, and which, yeah. you know. Look, when your kids are little you know, Aunt Millie gives them a birthday present and you say to your little four-year-old, say thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, you're you're doing that so that they build up that conditioning that when someone does something for me, I say thank you. Yeah. And I think what has happened is we're now conditioned to thank God for the blessings around us, you know, and mm-hmm. something will happen that we're not all ha- happy about. And and now, you know, my newest phrase is God makes no mistakes, you know. That's I mean, right. It, you know, so it, it it has, I think it's not only changed us, but from my standpoint, it's taken a boulder off my chest. Mm. It, it has just, I, I can yeah, you breathe always, better.
2: You would always said that you just felt like something has been lifted off of you, like that burden wow. has been lifted. Wow. And,
3: yeah. and and that wasn't easy because, you know, understand that my best friend, my best friend in the world is Jewish. My parents Jewish. My brother, okay, two daughters by a previous marriage, okay, we call our children, you know, raised Jewish. You know, um, and I had to turn around to, to my culture, to my family, you know, to my heritage. And, and that was not the easiest thing in the world, but, um, it, it, but it was, it was, my brother said something really profound and I, I get emotional when I, I think about it. He's very dedicated to Judaism and I, and I love him and I respect him for that. As I said, I'm a cultural Jew. Mm-hmm. I'm a spiritual Christian and at one point he was concerned this is you know it's, it's how do you do this you're always you know supporting this baseball team now you've changed teams on yeah, yeah you know and he made a statement which i think is real important and i, I stupidly said well i hope you still love me mm. and he said what
2: he said "Well, i always loved you because you were my brother not because you were my jewish brother
3: mm. And that was profound. And uh but I felt after I spoke to, you know, my family, even my my deceased parents I spoke to, obviously, through prayer, this is who I am and this is what I need to be. And if you love me, you'll support me. Mm-hmm. And and they have. Yep. Yep. Wow. Well,
1: well, we say all the time that marriage is an adventure and over a lifetime we're going to go through a lot of highs and we're going to go through a lot of lows in our relationship and no more
3: lows no that, more lows let's, no no it. Right. let's make it yes. highs. but
1: but before we wrap up today what hope would you offer couples who might be struggling through a low in their marriage right now
2: i think it kind of leads back to where we started in this conversation about about being communicative you know and having that communication and communication doesn't always have to be somebody talking all the time it's it's your actions mm-hmm. it's it's how you treat people. you know it's listening. Mm-hmm. I think you know being a good listener is just sometimes more important you know mm-hmm. than than communicating verbally and um it's taking that time to listen or seeing somebody else's point of view, and sometimes you just have to you know reach out and take that hand you know and and take that journey together. Mm-hmm. And work together.
3: Yeah, I, I you know, James Taylor sings a great song, Caroline On My Mind, and there's a great line in there. There ain't no doubt in no one's mind loves the finest thing around. I think it's about love. And I think that love, they say love conquers all. If two people are married mm-hmm. and they don't love each other, they made a big mistake. Mm. That, that's just a reality, all right? But if there's that seed of love and you're willing to work, and you're willing to communicate, and you're willing to compromise, and maybe also understand that, that um, there, there's going to be hills, and there's going to be you know highs and lows, y- you go forward with it. I-, I think that we don't want our kids to ever give up. Mm-hmm. Why should we?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I mean, you, know, you say you have a nine-year-old playing baseball. I mean, I promise you he's going to strike out. I promise you. I've been a coach long enough to know he's going to strike out. Well, you ever notice, okay, when a little league player strikes out and now they run out in the field to shortstop, the next ball hit to them goes through their legs because they haven't learned to recover. That's right. Well, I think that couples need to understand that this will be better tomorrow. The sun always rises.
2: Sometimes you just have to move
0: forward. Boy, that's great. That's great counsel. And uh because our nine year old takes those strikeouts just that hard. <laughs> and but that is great counsel for for marriages is that this adventure is a lifetime. We want it to be a lifetime. And if we get hung up in one small valley or one small argument or one small point
1: one small strikeout. One small
0: strikeout and we can't move through it and we can't have that grace on each other, then it's gonna go south quick. And um but that, that is a great, great advice to couples out there. And, and guys, if you're listening, I hope you heed that, that um, a short memory is a great thing to have in marriage. Um, I'm so thankful for couples like you guys who are impacting culture and marriages in a positive way, not because you, you, you have a marriage ministry, you've written books on marriage, but because you've just done it. And now that you, because you did it right, now your kids are are doing it right and their kids will doing it right. and, And you've created quite a legacy and they're impacting people in their world as well. And as much as your speeches and books have motivated people worldwide, we know your marriage has also encouraged a lot of couples and especially today. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you, I thank have you loved, for having us. I've, yeah, we've read your books, and we've heard a lot on that end of it. To be, be able to hear about the marriage piece of it and what took place at home behind the scenes or beneath your wings mm-hmm. has been so good.
1: Yeah, and we love... Thank you so much, Kim, for joining us today, too, because I know sometimes we, we like to... Um, I know Ira gets has a lot of opportunities to share, but we love hearing from both of you and your interaction and just your communication with each other is just so so healthy and strong and we appreciate that. But before we close, can you tell us how how people can follow you and where to purchase your books? And um, we'll leave those links in our show notes as well.
3: Well, yeah, obviously all my books are available on amazon.com. But, you know, I'd like to, um, you know, give a quick aside, okay? Okay. And, uh, you know, one of my, my close friends and, and certainly a, a mentor to a certain degree is Dan Cathy, you know, mm-hmm. of the Cathy family, the, the founders of Chick-fil-A. And, you know, I love Dan and I love their culture because they they do the right thing. We were in Dubai with Dan Cathy and uh, I was speaking and Dan was speaking and thousands, I'm talking thousands of people wanted to learn more about Chick-fil-A from restaurant chains all around the world, from Germany, Brussels, you know, and Dan did something on stage that um, I thought was really unusual but really cool. He said, so many of you have asked me for information and want to contact me. Take out a pencil and paper and I'd like to give you my cell phone number mm-hmm. and my personal email. And I was thinking, oh my God, what is he doing? Okay. And he gave his number out. And later that day, we were, Kim and I were sitting with Dan and he said,
2: because I don't know why, but my phone just, I don't have any more room in my mailbox and my mailbox is full.
3: <laughs> I know. I'm, so I'm going to say that it's real easy to get in touch with Kim and I. Okay. And this is not about selling books. Sure. If we can figure out a way to help a life or another life or give some information, we, we certainly love to do that. Ira at iraspeak.com.
2: Is a website.
3: Yeah. Website. My email address, Kim. And Kim e- at
2: irispeak.com.
3: Yeah, yeah. So if they just go to irispeak.com, they'll get to us and we certainly, and I make a promise to certainly my friends, you know, Bonnie and Daniel for doing this. And thank you again. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm honored and, and humbled to be here as is Kim. If one of your listeners or a hundred of your listeners reach out to us, we will answer. Mm-hmm. Might not be the next day, sure, but we will answer. So irispeak.com would work.
0: I love it. Well, it's been a joy. Thank you. Thank Thank you you. so much. And if you're listening today and you have any questions for us or any topics you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, please reach out at info, I-N-F-O, at com. And that is all we have for today. You guys have a great week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.